Hey guys, um, so yeah, this month's topic being reconstruction, you've got that new theme song that you heard, um, a lot of new things going on. Um, we're actually, if you'd like, if you're interested in, um, if you're a young person who's interested in perhaps uh, working with us uh, at the Young Project, we uh, are gonna be open, I think in August, to have, if you're interested in blogging, vlogging, or doing podcasting, or social media, or anything like that, to hang out uh, with us and get to do that with us. We're, we're super excited for that. That's what it's all about. The Young Project is all about um, young people uh, acting against stagnant Christianity. We'd love you to be a part of that. But the big news, the really big news about new things that we're reconstructing, this podcast has been reconstructed a little bit. Um, as you heard at the end of last month's episode, uh, Tommy is taking a leave of absence, perhaps permanently, perhaps temporarily, who knows, uh, for the podcast, but we've got a fantastic new uh, co-host for the podcast. His name is Ben Amoa. Uh, I've actually never met him in person, so this is scary. I mean, he could be totally different than what I've heard, uh, you know, on, online. I'm taking a huge risk here. We all are. Um, but Ben, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Um, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What are you about? Um, why are you like the coolest guy that God ever created? What's up, everyone? Uh, I'm Ben Amoa. I am a pastor out in the cold north, the great country of Canada. Um, mm. And I am currently located specifically in the province of British Columbia. And I pastor just outside of Vancouver at an academy called Fraser Valley Events Academy. Um, and yeah, I, I've been doing, I've been having my own podcast now for just over a year called the Oracle Podcast. And I've just been really blessed with meeting people and being inspired by uh, active Christianity or um, Christianity that, that looks at things and doesn't just stay still. And so I think naturally our paths have crossed, Nick, and uh, being able to just see things like the Young Project has just been an inspiration to me. And I'm blessed that I can be a part of it now just to continue and share with everybody our story and what we think of things and also just to inspire young people specifically um, that they have a place with God and they don't have to just receive it, but they can experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Can you tell us two fun facts about yourself? Um, <laughs> why not? Cause uh, like if you, if you, if I were to introduce you at like a conference or something as, as the, you know, the keynote speaker and you had to have two fun facts, what would they be? The, well, the, two, the two most exciting things or least exciting things about you or okay. one of these. Okay. So one of the most exciting thing, or most important thing and exciting thing is I am uh, a few days now and I am getting married to my wonderful fiance named Calmini and I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with her on earth and uh, I'm really excited <laughs> uh, for that and that's uh, one exciting thing about me and another let's all clap let's all no 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 we need it we need it <laughs> everybody thank you guys hold the applause please please oh, no standing, standing ovation <laughs> And um, something else about me, how about I share this? I, another one of my things is I really love video games and anime on this side. Okay. That's something, I, that's something about me that I'm, I'm proud about. <laughs> You're proud. What is your favorite anime character? Oh, man. That's a tough question. Oh, that's a really hard question, Nick. Um, favorite anime character? Yeah. It's got to be somewhere. Yeah, it's hard to just say one person. I love them all. Um, I'll give you guys a basic answer. I'll give the fans. I'll give fans a basic answer. 
uh, someone like Goku is just a guy that when I was no kidding, up, that's my yeah. favorite too. Are you serious? No, I've never seen an episode. Wow, this guy. Of my life. That. <laughs> I was like Nick. I don't think yet. I'm looking at your background right now. There's nothing that that shows that <laughs> <laughs> you don't love it. Well, we're so we're blessed to have you, man. We're excited to um, have you hanging out with us every month. Um, and maybe someday I'll get to meet you in person. Get a, you know. Oh, for sure. Be a high five, hug, and shake, whatever. Oh yeah. A frame hug, of course. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever tips your tractor. reconstruction that's this theme um and what is reconstruction we're not talking necessarily like about reconstruction like after the u.s civil war where that big period they called it reconstruction but in a way i guess it is it's like something has gone on that has deconstructed us as a society Mm -hmm. um, in a whole host of different ways not only with the coronavirus and the resurgence of the black lives matter movement um but we're just noticing a lot of things that are changing um, that have been broken down, things that we thought were staples of North American society. Um, yeah, like what is, from your perspective, what is what is some things you see that are going to be reconstructed differently than they, since they've been deconstructed in the last, the last several months? Yeah, I think, Nick, man, like, when you look at what reconstruction is, especially after deconstruction, um, you want to make sure, like, if something is deconstructed, that means there was an issue, right? Um, that means yeah. there's something that was a mess. Um, and so if you're reconstructing, you want to do it in a way that that issue is no longer a problem, mm. right? Like, so whenever you renovate your house, right, like, you want to do it in a way that whatever prior issues existed, like, they're just not going to come back up. Like, that's just what you want to do. It, yeah. it wouldn't make sense. I, but I think sometimes we, we get in the habit where we think we're really right reconstructing, but we're not. We're just making things look nicer. Mm-hmm. Right? I wonder, actually, I wonder, I just use the word renovate, but I wonder if that's the diff- there's a difference between renovation and reconstruction. Right? Wow. And I think maybe we've been ca- caught up so much in renovating, making things look nicer, but not really changing the frame of the building. Maybe changing, fixing the pipes, doing et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Um, and so what I think what it really looks like isn't just like, you know, we think that um, we've um, made reconstruction just because a school can have like, uh, just because there's black cops, for example, we think that's a reconstruction. Sure, or we think yeah. because um, uh, there are schools where there's not segregation in the school, right? Like, cause there's yeah. a black student and a white student, uh, an Asian student and a Hispanic student, they can all go to the same school. We think that's, because that's just, I think that's renovation. It just looks like it makes sense, but we're not fixing the problem. So what it's gonna require, what it looks like going forward, I think, Nick, is just like us trying to now teach, make sure we're being intentional about unlearning and then relearning, mm-hmm. uh, learning new things about what it means to be inclusive to reach out to people to have community um training our police officers intentionally you know going back into it not just like uh neglecting these issues or just saying like oh well there's a black cop so how can there be racist cops and stuff like that no that doesn't that's that's not the answer um we have to go back into it and then like when we look at it from a christianity point of view right what are we going to do to 
respond to this or how are we going to now as a church reform or reconstruct mm-hmm. ourselves so that we actually can be an example of what it means to be inclusive and to love one another. So what you're saying is that like, there's a difference then between scrapping the, the wallpaper inside of a house and then maybe repainting the interior and the exterior and that makes it look way nicer versus perhaps bulldozing the structure and building a new foundation on which mm-hmm. a, a grander and more holistic house is built. Exactly. I, and I think um, when you reconstruct exactly what you're saying, when you bulldoze it, it's not, we're not saying you have to move. Right, like that, because that's a thing, wow. Um, wow. and I and I think that can be a new thing. Like, I might want to break down, and then I gotta move to somewhere new. I gotta no. I think you can really rebuild it on the same land. Like, right, the foundation mm. being, if we look at even, like, I'm gonna bring it to this church perspective. Foundation still is God, right? So we don't have to leave yeah. God to now build something new. No, like God's still there, right? But what are we gonna do now? What are we really putting down as our as our framework, etc.? And that's what we have to do, and that's what I think God's really calling us to do because yeah people are dying people need to know how to love each other and people are struggling and are we gonna be people uh who are able to be to at least promote and be at the front line of the rebuilding because i think the it's broken down it's broken already so are we gonna rebuild it or are we gonna try to move or are we just gonna try and paint it paint over it and that's why I'm so excited for um, the conversation that we had, the interview that we have for everybody for this, this month, for this reconstruction topic. Uh, Tommy and I got to hang out with a guy named Alex Dion Wilson. And mm-hmm. Ben, you hung out with him on one of your other podcasts uh, yeah. several months ago, or even closer to a year ago now. Yeah, a while uh, ago. Yeah. And he is talking, he talked to us about what it looks like to reconstruct church not only after COVID um, and after uh, the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement, but in general, as we're seeing as what Andy Stanley calls the nuns um, become more and more prevalent, uh, what it looks like, he's talking about what it looks like to make, to bring God back to culture. That's his, that's his little catchphrase. And to create church to be something that's not only attractive, but um, is, is building on the principles, those foundational principles of God, but looks completely different than uh, the traditional steeple and you know green grass with a with a white picket fence out front. And yeah. I'm really excited for you guys to get to hear this conversation. Um, ben, any closing thoughts? Tell us a little bit about Alex. You could introduce him. You knew him. Before. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Alex, Alex, Alex Wilson, Alex Dion Wilson, the social media preacher. Um, I think he's just such an inspirational guy. Um, being able to, I think we grow up so much uh, expecting church to be a place that we have to go to uh, church being a building. Um, and as you said, like, like he's uh, fully uh, reconstructed the, what that, what that looks like. Um, and one of the biggest things is I, I really look up to about him is not even just a, a bringing God to bring God back in the culture. It's just bringing church to the people, you yeah. know, like what would that look like if I was like, man, let me just everywhere I'm going, I'm just bringing the church to people. Yeah. Like, would I really need to wait till Saturday? Would I really need to wait till Sunday? Would I need to wait till that prayer meeting? He's like, no, I got to bring church to people. And so, um, yeah, he's just done so much and committed himself to ministry. A man that, that I, when I think of him, I think of sacrifice. Him and his whole family sacrifice to do God's work and to innovate for God. And so, yeah, guys, I'm really excited that you guys have an opportunity to listen, uh, to hear from him and to hear our conversation with him.
So, um, Alex, I thank you for being on the show. Um, we're excited just to get a chat with you a little bit. Um, so maybe you could just tell us about you and kind of like what, what your whole deal is. You run a church. Um, it's, I guess it's becoming more of the norm all of a sudden, but um, it's definitely was yeah. new and innovative and um, different. So maybe you could just kind of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we started a, uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Um, yeah, we started a Instagram church. The, I mean, I, I want to say it's the first ever. I don't know if anyone was doing it before us, but it was in May of 2019. And um, we, I was watching a John Chris music video, a rap video that he did with some other rappers and uh, Christian rappers. And after I watched the video, I just felt like they all knew what they were doing. Like one guy was doing Christian rap, the other guy was doing Christian comedy. And um, I was kind of, I was already doing Christian content. I've been doing it for like seven years before I came with the idea, but then I just feel like I was missing something. I just feel like there's like something that's like not, I'm not quite doing what I'm supposed to be doing yet. And okay. then God gave me the idea for an Instagram church and like a 15 minute service with one song, one message and prayer. And so we started doing it in May, 2019 and we've been doing it ever since. And then of course, when COVID happened, it just exploded like literally overnight. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. I wow. feel like I kept checking back on like the Instagram <laughs> to see and it, literally, there was like one day, I feel like, where you had like 7,000 new hits. So you went, when I first found you guys in like, I don't know, September or August, it was like 2,000 followers. And now you're at what, yeah. like 35K or something like that on the Instagram? Yeah, we're, yep, around there, yep. Yeah, and so there was some wow. days where it was just like exponential growth. It was, it was wild. It was yeah, wild. it was nuts. Yeah, it mainly happened because um, I was driving, the first day COVID was really getting serious, I was driving by an old church an old Catholic church. And I was like, Oh, that looks cool. And I always look for like cool spots to film. And so uh, I was like, that place looks cool. Like I'll definitely come back here and do a video. And then everything got shut down. And I was like, Oh, that's why I noticed the church. And so drove back to the church and I did a formal invite to Insta church live posted everywhere, Twitter, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, And it just like exploded overnight. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. What, what, Crazy. I mean, you say it, you feel, we just, from my perspective, it feels like you were so far ahead of this COVID curve. Cause now we're all like trying to catch up to be, <laughs> to be doing something that you, I feel like you were kind of doing already, even before this kind of went viral as it were like, yeah. like, I don't know, I'm not my church. Like I'm the only guy that does social media at my church and it's not very good, wow. but like, what, what was the <laughs> Tommy knows, Tommy knows he follows. Right. So like, what was the thing for you that, may where did you kind of your creative juices get flowing is this something from your from your childhood or have you yeah. always been a social media guy like were you big in snapchat whenever that was whenever that <laughs> was huge is that like i'm just curious because like yeah. i'm tiktok and i like hate the thing but you've got i don't know you're, you're you're doing big things over there so what was the where did that all kind of begin for you i guess yeah i i got introduced to porn when i was like probably seven or eight and me that type of media became like a really big stronghold in my life. Like it kind of characterized like all of my life until I turned about 19 and I became a Christian and of course still struggled with it after, you know, yeah. formally becoming yeah. a follower of Christ, but I was freed from it, like freed from the prison of it. And um, when I became a believer, uh, when I, I, be, I became a believer when I was younger too, um, but I wasn't following the Lord. So when I started following the Lord at age 19, I went uh, 
into sem like a short seminary uh, bunch of courses, got my master's degree in, you know, Bible stuff, stuff that doesn't really matter. Um, but it was during that time I became a youth pastor. And as a youth pastor, I was like, well, I would finish all my work in a day for the week because I grew up in, I grew up in church. Like my dad worked for Billy Graham. So like I've been to like every church experience possible. And so I would finish all the youth group stuff in a day and I had nothing to do. And we had no other staff, staff other than like two other people. So they'd be in their office. I'd be in my office. And I was like, what the heck do I do? Like I have a kid at home. Uh, I was married. We got pregnant right away. And I was like, what do I do with my time? And so out of boredom, um, out of boredom and also out of necessity, I felt like if the kids are not at church right now and I'm at church and the kids aren't here and I'm here, like, how can I like help them when they're not at church? Yeah. And so then I just started posting little short sermons in my office. It was an office just like this, except it was all red. Um, and yeah, I just started posting those videos and it was back when Instagram was only like 15 seconds you could post like before stories. Yeah, um, right. was, on, was on Instagram. Yeah, I remember those days. We're all yeah, going to Snapchat those. and Instagram. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> so no one watched those videos of mine. Like not a soul. I would get like two views. Um, but I just kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, and I got better with the camera. And then uh, it landed me a couple jobs at other like bigger churches. Um, sure. And then I got like really comfortable, and I was like, okay, I'm making good money at these big churches. Like I got youth group kids coming in. And then I just was so like, I was so unsatisfied. I just feel like I wasn't doing enough. Same thing. Like I feel like the kids are at school being influenced by people most of the week. And then they're with us for two hours out of the week. And we have to like teach them about God. It's not going to work. And then I moved to Hawaii because my wife's Hawaiian and I got, I got a job out here at a church and the high school pastor, I was a middle school pastor. The high school pastor sat me down on his couch and he put on, a Logan Paul vlog because Logan Paul was on Island, the same Island that we were living on at the time that I moved. And so gotcha. I'd never, never even heard of Logan Paul. I was never on YouTube. Like I just went on YouTube, maybe just to look up like, you know, how to change a tire and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, who is this guy? And he was like, he's a vlogger. And I was like, why is everyone freaking out that he's here? He's like, I don't know. He's a big deal. He's like a big celebrity. And I was like, what? I've never heard of this guy. And I know who every rapper was every basketball player, whatever. But I didn't know who this guy was. And I was like, that's crazy. So I started watching his videos. And I was like, dude, kids love this guy. Like, they worship him. him. And he can get kids to do whatever he wants them to do. If he tells them, go to this website, go to this movie, go buy this shirt, kids are going to do it. Millions of kids are going to do it. And that's when I was, like, introduced to influencing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we got to have a Christian person do this. Or else mm -hmm. we're going to lose. Yeah. And so oh, yeah. Um, I just started even going harder. I was already still making videos, but I just started going really hard. And then, uh, yeah, that led us to where we are now. Yeah. Wow. So it, cause I had always questioned like, what would, yeah. What, like, what was the basis of getting you to start to do that? Cause it's like, what's different than, you know, having a service online than just like what a mega church does. And when they you yeah. know, stream it out to, to their 15 campuses or whatever, Yeah. but like you're, you're, you're saying that you came from a place of intentionality of like, listen, we need to be reaching I think Brady Shear is the guy that says like, you know, the mm -hmm. 167 hours a week that we're not in church. How are we, right. getting, how are we reaching out to everybody? So that was kind of the basis of what you're doing. I'm hearing you right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That, that's a crazy story too. Like, okay. So I'm in Hawaii. Uh -huh. This is about Brady Shear and Pro Church Tools. I'm in Hawaii and I was really big follower of this guy called Jesse Driftwood. 
and okay. he does vertical videos. He does like stories. That's how he blew up. He's friends with Peter McKinnon, some other YouTubers, whatever. But his big thing was like vertical video, like shoot for Instagram, shoot for Snapchat, make those type of videos. So I was intrigued by that. And I started getting into vertical videos. So I didn't shoot anything. I stopped doing YouTube. I didn't shoot anything horizontal anymore. And then um, there's this company called Storytape that came out and it's a part of Pro Church Tools. And they make just beautiful, like, um, cinematic footage that you can buy at stock footage. Yeah. And so I followed them on Instagram because they were posting a lot of vertical footage too. And uh, they were connected to uh, Jesse Jerfood, who I was this big fangirl of. And so Jesse would do videos with them and I would see him a lot in the videos. So I started following them and they're like, we're going to Hawaii to shoot um, some stock footage. And I was like, no way. I DM them. I was like, what island are you going to? And they said they're going to Oahu and I live on Kauai. So I was like, no, you guys got to come to Kauai. It's way more beautiful. Like, I was just pumping it up. Like, totally. <laughs> right. like, I, don't know, I don't know if it was more beautiful or not. So I was like, you got to come here. Like, you can stay at my house. And, like, just totally just went for it. And we started talking back and forth in the DMs. They found out that I'm a Christian. I found out that they're Christian. And they said, yeah. I had no idea they were connected to Brady. So I pick him up from the airport. And Brady this is walks out. So you haven't met any of these people yet? Never, not once in my life. <laughs> no, it's better. Okay, I'm falling. It's better. Hold on. So Brady Steer walks out of the airport. I put, I pick him up. Like I was like, "Hey guys, like so glad you're here." And uh, I was like, "Do you guys know who like Pro Church Tools? Like they have like a lot of followers. They just followed me, um, like this morning. Do you guys know who they are?" Um, I. It was a sincere question. I was like, "Do you guys like literally? Do you guys know who these people are?" And Brady looks at me and goes, "I am Pro Church Tools." <laughs> And I was like, oh, <laughs> what? It was so That's awkward. Like, it was horrible. But no, we had a blast. We had a blast. That's awesome. Like, we, I drove them everywhere. We got a lot of stock footage. And um, one of the things they told me, they're like, what is it that you do? So in the car right up to this one spot, I told them what I did. And they're like, they're like, they were looking at each other like, what? Like, are you serious? Like, this is like seizing the 167 is what they say, the hours outside of church. That's what you're doing. And like, they didn't know who I was. I don't know who they were, but it was just like, we're in this car together in Hawaii. It was crazy, man. Super crazy. And this is while you were like getting Insta Church developed? This was about two years before Insta Church started. So that's even before. Yeah. Got you. I was just doing 10 second sermons at the time, short sermons. Got you. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. And so, crazy. man. So through all of that, you started Insta. It's is it called Insta Church or Instagram Live Church? I can't remember. <laughs> it's uh, either one. If you type in either one, it works. Okay, either but one it works. Type, yeah, but the the name of it, the like username, is Insta Church Live. Insta Church Live, and okay, so you started it. Um, like you said, it kind of just blew up since COVID's happened. Um, you know, you have thousands of followers now. Um, and has that has that changed how you guys? do things or is it still the same or because i see you maybe you would describe yourself this way i'm not sure but as like kind of like a christian influencer on social media um so has this like altered now that your your platform has grown um and how you guys are trying to like do things uh yes and no like it's definitely changed our schedule because we do right now we do two services a week and we also do them on tiktok we have an account called tiktok church live um, that one blew up overnight too, like literally from like maybe 300 followers to like 350,000 overnight. Um, wow. so we, we run, we run that account and then we also run a YouTube church lives, um, the same day. So Sunday, Wednesday, we do three services 
each one on a different platform. And so it's changed our schedule. Like I'm not creating videos as much as I used to, I used to do. Um, so that's changed. Um, our focus of what we do has changed. Like we really focus on the fact that like, we probably are really not going to do vlogs anytime soon. We're not going to do, there's a lot of stuff we just don't do because we do these uh, social media church services. And so it's really focused us. Um, like I won't go out and speak a lot because I have these church services that I want to do. Um, so it's given us a lot of focus, which has been nice. I'm, I think my, me and my wife's probably biggest goal is to be a Christian influencer just because we know how much power influencers have on people course, and yeah. there's no one doing it for the Lord. Like there's people who are influencers who are Christians, but they don't talk about their faith, maybe in fear of losing a brand deal or something. Um, but I don't, I fear that too at times, but I just refuse to stop making the type of content that I make in order to work with a certain brand, just because I know it just needs to be done. Yeah. I mean, like I've seen you follow my For You page a couple times for sure. Um, oh, crazy. And I'm like, oh, hey, there it is, that good old Christian <laughs> content. And then stop and watch a few videos. I mean, it's great. Um, awesome. Nick, you were going to ask a question. No, I was just saying, yeah, it's like you're not exactly intent, I guess. You're intent on not compromising your your values. And that's, I guess, what then would make the, the whole title of Christian influencer a bit more realistic. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people – I mean, myself included at time. We all do it, I guess. That's what Paul said. Yeah. We all sin, we all fall short, right? Of but like course. the fact of like somebody in that realm or with that mindset of doing influence on social media and everything mm -hmm. um, to and it, stick, with their, stick with their guns, as it were. Yeah. Totally, yeah. And it's a weird thing. Like, I mean, I don't think everyone has to make sermons. Like if you're a Christian and you're an influencer, I don't think you have to make sermons. You just have to, uh, I think even just making wholesome content. Like Trey Kennedy he makes wholesome content. And I think I'd rather, I'd rather a kid have him be their favorite comedian than other comedians out there. And so it's just, I mean, it's all about like, it's all about like new wine, new wineskins type thing. Like we can't just keep pouring the kingdom of God into the old way of thinking. Like it needs to be poured into new ways of reaching people. If that's through comedy, if that's through, I don't know, you make like baskets or you crochet or whatever. There's ways like, and everyone, because everyone is creative, I believe that, I think everyone will find a way to be able to, you know, make their part a part of what they do. And it doesn't have to be, I think a lot of guys, they, they see me and they think I have to do exactly what Alex is doing, but I'm a preacher. Like I've, I've been, I'm a, my dad's a preacher, my grandpa's a preacher, my great grandpa's a preacher. I don't even want, you want to be a preacher. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want to be one, but I am. And so I don't think everyone can just do it the same way that I do it. Um, but there's other guys out there. And I think also like, say like you make a bunch of content, you never talk about the Lord. There will come a time where God will give you the platform to talk about the Lord. And that's extremely powerful. So like mm -hmm. Steph Curry, for example, like he only has to say, I'm a Christian once, you know, for people to be like, whoa, let me look into this, you know? So it's different for everyone. Totally. You, you're talking yeah. about the new wine, new wine skins, old wine, old wine skins. How do you see COVID being, being this great disruption that it really has been like, how do you see it playing out? Um, for traditional church or church in the traditional sense? Like, do you think that we're going to have to, the traditional churches are going to have to adapt and maybe be a bit more like what Church Live and all your other, you know, live churches are like? Or do you think that it'll, you know, the, the old folks will be happy to go back? <laughs> life is normal, as it were. Yeah, I think the old folks will be glad to go back to their uh, churches, but church is never going to be the same. 
Yeah. COVID's yeah. changed the world for good. It's never going to be the same. This is what we've been waiting for since Jesus ascended. We've been waiting for them to shut down churches. And it's finally happened. And so we need to be ready because it's going to happen again in a bigger way. Now that people know it can happen to churches, it's going to happen again. Because there's too many people in the world who hate Christianity for it not to happen again. There's people in the world who are just plotting. And they're like, you know what? This worked. We got to figure out how to do this next time bigger and keep churches from meeting completely. It's going to happen. If we're, not, if we're not bringing church to people, then people are not going to be a part of the church. We have to bring it to them. And so that's our whole idea of doing church on TikTok, doing church on Instagram, not swipe up, not go to the link in our bio, not this, not that, like bringing it to them so that they can be a part of a community online. And with that said, um, people, th we got this a lot. Like Alex, you're encouraging people not to go to church. No, we're not. People for Harry Potter. So this book came out, everyone's reading it. They love it. And then they find out they can do conferences and they have this Harry Potter con, everyone's dressing up like Hermione and Ron, and they're all meeting up for two days straight to talk about a book that they read at home alone. Mm. And so good content is always going to push people into a community. And the opposite is true. Bad content will, will, will push people away from community. For example, like porn. Like no one watches porn with, I mean, some weirdos probably do, but no one watches porn with a bunch of guys. You know, it's like when you like, <laughs> when you're trying to get your fix, you get alone. And yeah. that type of content is so bad for you, it isolates you even more. You get more addicted and you draw further and further and further and further away from community. So good community is always going to push people to each other. We're always going to keep meeting. We're always going to find ways to meet. The church in China is still finding ways to meet. Um, but why can't we meet, you know, two or three or more gathered inside of a home and we outsource the message and the music on a screen? And it's yeah. not this... It's not this message, and this is our big thing with Instant Church. It's not this church service where a pastor is looking at a crowd, talking to a crowd, you know, hey, you know, talking to this big thousands of people in the room, and the camera's just rolling. That's not personal. Like you're just trying to get more views. You're trying to get more people. Like you're you already have a room of a thousand people, and that you're trying to reach more people. And that's great. I think that's awesome. But there's gonna come a time where people they're gonna want personal. They're gonna want looking at the camera, looking at them, telling them to comment, telling them to get engaged, telling them to like comment their favorite emoji. They're going to want that because this is the natural progression of TV. We had TV, we had reality TV, and then we had uh, vlogging. Vlog. Vlogging yeah. was like the new thing. And now yeah, it's live interactive. Yeah, live stream. Yeah. Wow. Now it's live stream. What's podcast. next? I know. What's next? VR goggles. VR. Yeah. VR, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What it, so you're talking about community as being, I don't know, what does community, I guess, look like for you in, the, in this context of COVID? Do you think it's going to change the way we do community too? And I'm, guess, I'm talking mostly about young people because I'm thinking like you're saying you're creating this content not to push people away from the church in the traditional sense or whatever, but to create community hopefully because of it. So what do you think community will look like practically? Uh, is it going to be like small house churches, like you say, you know, where somebody has got the TV on and, you know, 15, 20, 30 minute service or whatever, and then small group discussions afterwards. Cause I mean, that's in my church, that's what we've been doing. Like I talk to the camera every week and I have discussion questions for them afterwards. Right. But, and that's, that's cool. It's cool. Yeah. But it's, that's not, not, not everybody likes that. Do you see that as being right. what the future is going to actually look like? Or, I mean, of course, it's just a, you're shooting in the dark perhaps, or maybe, you know, yeah. something we don't, but yeah. What's your, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, what the church community always will does, like? The church, church always does eventually what the youth like. So we were doing hymns, and then we started doing, like, rock style, you know, concert style worship. Yeah. And now we still do that kind of worship because that's what kids like. Um, so we're just going to adapt. We're going to do it. And I have up to a thousand, maybe, or anywhere between a thousand to 4,000 people, um, or maybe 5,000 watch our live services every week. And they're all kids. There's like, yeah. we hardly have any, anybody over 25 watching our service, which is why we're so broke. Cause none of these people have money. So <laughs> They don't, they don't donate. They don't, we have a, non, a nonprofit, like we're all, we're a whole nonprofit and stuff, but no one's donating. Like it's not like a lot or nothing, um, but they're all young kids. And if they think it's normal, cause they do, they only, they don't only think it's normal. They think it's necessary. Mm. And so if they do, those are the ones that are going to go to seminary maybe. And those are the ones that are going to become pastors. Those are the ones that are going to plant churches. And if they think it's normal, they're going to do it in the future. Yeah. And so, what community looks like again is like Avengers puts out a trailer. Everyone watches it and then they all get dressed up, go to the theater, a physical theater, and they all watch it together because that good content is pushing them into community. What I see happening is, yeah, small churches. I see, uh, I see kids now have the power to start their own TikTok churches. Are they going to be 100% theologically sound? Probably not. But <laughs> well, most, is, I don't think any church is 100%. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The point is they're doing it. The point yeah. is they're making God a priority in their life. So whether they completely jack up John three sixteen or not, the point is the Holy Spirit is in control. God is sovereign and they're making God a priority. And if, uh, if the kids have the power, any kid has the power to start a TikTok Bible study or a Zoom Bible study and, or whatever like that, if they have the power to do that. They have, a power, they have the power to call a couple of their friends over to their house and get in the word together. And I've had several hundred DMs of people saying, we started a Bible study. And they're kids, 12-year-old kids. We're doing a Bible study at Starbucks, this and that. And so it's going to become normal because kids prefer um, the home, the real, you know, day-to-day, like, live, like, real church. Not just, like, let's get all dressed up. Let's get all preachers and sneakered out and go to church. People aren't, kids aren't into that. Young adults are but middle school kids, high school kids, they're not into all that. They see right through it. We, we talk about the, the generational shifts that always happen. Um, but like you said, there's, there's already one developing where, you know, the sneakers, the, the, you know, I don't know, fear of God, or, or I don't know, whatever brand you're wearing, um, all, all of that flash that is not translating to nope. the, the, the next one that's coming. So, Cause what I'm, I'm Gen Z. Is that what I am? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And so the one, whatever's below me, they're not really into all of that right now. And they're not. you've already tapped into that, which is pretty sick because not many people have. And that's awesome. <laughs> well, you guys have. That's, we're, we're trying. We're trying. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've tapped into it <laughs> in a trying. bit of a different way. Yeah. So I guess, um, so I'm really curious. You've seen people already creating community out of something that, um, that is completely online. And so you've seen it actually go to the community. Um, how, how have you been able to work with like people saying, hey, I started a Bible study. Do you, do you find yourself doing a lot of teaching or is it mostly inspiring through preaching? Yeah, that is, that is really good. So I'm an expository preacher because that's just how I was trained. So I teach like line by line, comma by comma, verse by verse. I just walk through it and do try not to nerd out as much on word studies and stuff, but... 
Um, so it's I try hard to, to do sometimes. Hard not to. It do. is, dude. I get <laughs> nerded out. Like, yeah, I'm lucky. I don't know all the present participle stuff. Like, if I knew all that stuff, I would just go like, like I would go nuts. <laughs> I'm glad I don't. But um, I teach every time I preach. So, uh, and then the the beauty of this is if I have a social media church, then I also can put out um, supplementary content at any time I want. So I can mm-hmm. put out a video. Um, is weed a sin or tattoos a sin? I can put that out everywhere because I'm I'm posting it on the platform that they already come to for church as it is. And so yeah. they can share with each other. They can share, you know, it's easy to share. It's easy for them to get it out. As far as like the community side of it and as far as like how to facilitate the small groups and stuff like that, we are in way over our head. We have no money and we need a bigger team to be able to facilitate it. So for example, we can easily um, we can easily put out a curriculum that teaches people how to have small groups in their house um, and teach them how to have a small group leader or whatever and stuff like that. Um, we also could do once a quarter, what we want to do eventually is do once a quarter, do a meetup, like a meetup like conference. Um, so for anyone who really does want to get together and, you know, worship together or, you know, hear live preaching or whatever, we can all come together kind of like a, I don't know, YouTube con or whatever and come together and have worship together. Um, the, just the possibilities are endless and we know it's endless because, um, a lot of doctors right now, especially, but there's doctors who are just online doctors who started their practice like years before COVID. Even one of them is my friend is a friend in Canada. And, um, I was talking to him before we did any of this, probably two years before we did any of this. And he told me like, Oh, well over 80% of people don't need to see a physical doctor. Wow. But what happens is they get this weird pimple and they think, Oh my God, it's cancer. And so they go to the doctor to see, and that's like, the people are like, no, it's a, it's a pimple. And so most of the time they could just FaceTime their doctor. And if the doctor says, okay, what are your symptoms? How do you feel? You know, when's the last time you ate? Okay. Let me see the pimple. Okay. Yeah. That's just a pimple. You're fine. You have a cold and yeah, you'll be fine. Just take some, drink some water, soup, whatever. So most people need the same thing with church. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I think of it like, the healthy physician or the healthy people don't need a doctor and all that type of stuff. Like people, Jesus, people who know they're sick, they want to come to the Lord and they want to find out what's wrong with them. They want to know um, what is Jesus all about and how can he help me? And that can happen online. It isn't just, wow. God isn't limited to just physically meeting in a church. God isn't limited to us just like meeting in a certain way, the way church is always met. Um, he's bigger than that. And so even with the new wineskin thing, um, yeah, the kingdom of God wants to expand, right? And new wine expands because it's fresh. If we pour the kingdom of God into the old model of church or these old limiting ideas of what church has to be, it's just going to burst and we're going to lose the wine, which is a picture, you know, of salvation and our joy. And so Mm -hmm. I see, I see a lot of pastors because wine brings joy. So I think I see a lot of pastors and a lot of ministry leaders really losing joy by trying to fit into the old model of church Mm. and young, young ministers in the gospel too. young people in ministry are just like, you know, I'm, I'm burnt out because I don't feel like I'm reaching people because I feel like it's bursted and I feel like I'm just wasting my life. And then I see, um, there's this one guy named Paul. He's a, one of the first guys to follow me on Instagram. He's a German guy. And he hit me up. He's like, Alex, like I'm making like, you know, uh, Christian videos like you, on TikTok and you know if you have any advice I was like you live in Germany like do them on do them in German speak in German 
is like, oh no, like I want to move back to the States and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, Germany is unchurched. So mm. speak in German, yeah. do your videos in Germany. It's like, okay, fine. Did one and he blew up. Wow. Like it's oh, thousands. Thousands. I mean, he's well over, he's probably well over 60,000. I think he's well over 100,000 by now on TikTok. But it, was, it went like, like that, like wildfire. Wow. And it's because this is where people are going. Wow. Wow. And, I, Nick, do you have another question or should I just keep following up? No, keep following. But I, I had one other thing I was thinking like, so I know oh, a lot of our listeners are young pastors and Tommy and I were young pastors. And the whole thing about like feeling discouraged, feeling like the wine skin's going to burst is very real. You're definitely preaching to the choir, at least, at least for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Tommy as well, or Tommy as well. Um, what, what yeah. advice do you have to, I mean, to somebody like me, who's in my context, I've been like a, a quote unquote professional pastor for a year and I'm in a predominantly, you know, 65 plus straight white evangelical community. Um, what, and, and it's kind of been discouraging. Like what kind of advice do you have for somebody like me who's, who, who, yeah, while I want to make like an impact for younger people, I'm being paid to make an impact in the lives of older people who yeah. my wine really doesn't exactly fit in their, in their wine skins. Um, right. How do you, how, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's that tension. How would you deal with that tension? How have you dealt with that tension? What advice might you have? Yeah, I mean, a couple things. I love this question. So first of all, you're a preacher, so you got to preach. you got to share your knowledge, um, but do it how Christ did it. Parables. It's simple. Parables are stories with an intended message, and that's all I do. Yeah. I, don't, I take my kids to the beach. One of them gets hit, you know, by a fish, and I talk about, you know, the time, you know, Christ pulled a fish or a coin out of a fish mouth, and it gets, it gets views. Why? Because... It's a life, it's a story that they can relate to because chances are they've been to the beach with their parents or someone's been to the beach before yeah. um, or someone's been fishing. And because it's a story they can relate to, once I connect an intended message to it, it just rocks their world. But it's a simple formula that Christ has always done. And you'll find different ways to do that. People have found it in just making, uh, you know, Instagram posts. They'll take a picture of a beach and they'll talk about that in their caption and it'll get a lot of views and people are like, oh my gosh, read this caption. It's like, it's a simple thing. If you're a preacher of the gospel, you grew up in church. It's so simple. Um, even Christian memes. I mean, some of them were kind of out of hand, like borderline uh, irreverent. Some Christian memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm on. Um, but for the most part, I mean, some of the ones that I've seen, it's the same thing. It's taking a parable or some type of illustration and connecting an intended message to it. Um, but I do think it probably will be different for other people. Um, and so with that said, I mean, you guys already know this. I, I, sp I try to spend a good amount of time on my knees praying. And, and when I pray and when I get on my knees and I ask God like for help and for direction, he always gives it usually that day um, because he knows my heart. He knows the realm I'm trying to get in. It's uncharted waters. And I, he wants to save people. And so Usually my best, my best ideas come like just a couple hours or maybe a few hours after I've gone on my knees and I prayed like, God, help me to reach people online. Um, and he just answers that prayer. Wow. Yeah, but that formula, I mean, what I always do is story, Bible verse, application or illustration, Bible verse, application. But it's basically just parables. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, sometimes, uh, 
an everyday life story, an everyday life parable sometimes will work better than just reusing the story of Moses or reusing um, something else in the Bible. Because um, sometimes people are like, what are wineskins? You know, so um, that won't always work. Like if I took an actual bottle of wine, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I got to read it. I don't think it would work. But sometimes just like, you know, everyday stuff, you know, everyday stuff. It can be like today I filmed a video of my, uh, my son got into the food coloring and he's poured it everywhere. What? All over the kitchen. The whole kitchen is orange. Wow. And I was like, what that's the heck great. happened? And then I had to clean up his mess. And, you yeah. know, that's what the Lord does for us a lot. He cleans up our mess. And we're still responsible for that mess. But he mm. takes the responsibility sometimes, too. So, I mean, he did on the cross. It's, like, it's the simplest things. And once you train your mind to think like that, and you ask God to change the way you think, which is, you know, what Romans 12 is all about, he'll definitely do it. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, Alex, I guess my question is, um, you, you talked a little bit about, you know, maybe one day doing conferences or uh, I'm not really sure what the right word for that is, but kind of like a YouTube conference or something with um, Instagram church live kind of um, ideas. What what do you need to to make all of that happen? Is it, like you said, money that it comes down to or what is it that you know, if you said, this is what we need to make, take it to the next level. Well, yeah. what is that? Well, what I'm kind of thinking is a mix between a conference and then like Christian Coachella. Um, so if we do it once a quarter, <laughs> All right. which, <laughs> if we do it once a quarter, it might work, um, but it might be way too much, way too much work. And so, um, but I definitely don't think we can do it any less than twice a year because it is church community. Like we do really need each other. Um, yeah. And so, um, and once you have that type of experience, once you go back to your small groups and you go back to your home churches, you're kind of full. You know, you kind of have this experience of just like, I'm good. Like people go to Passion and they're like good for a year. They're like, okay, I'm like on fire, yeah. you know? And so for the most part, I mean, we all, it's a mountaintop experience, whatever. But um, yeah, something like that. And even if it's on a smaller scale, once a quarter, we're talking to just about, you know, worshiping together hearing live teaching, going to breakout groups on how we can continue the mission of bringing church to people, which can be talked about in a billion different ways, you know, totally. right. writing books, art, movies, you know, fashion YouTube, design, Instagram, yeah. fashion design, dude, bringing church to people is, is this giant like umbrella that we could spend a week talk more than a week talking about it. And so um, we're thinking, yeah, one to two day conference, everyone comes up, we, we worship, we preach, go to those breakouts. And then um, Christian Coachella in the sense that, like, we definitely want to get Christian brands who people uh, love and admire there as well because it'll bring people as well. So, like, we'd want to get Lecrae there. We want to get, like, Lauren Daigle, people like that. Um, so what we would need for that is, I mean, it, I mean to put it in a, in a simple way, is, like, cash and clout. Like, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> cash Lecrae, and clout. Yeah. yeah Lecrae's not going to come. Like, he's not going to come. Warren Daigle's not going to come. They'll go to Jimmy Fallon, but they won't go to Insta Church Live. They won't go to – not yet. Um, but our, not our yet. goal is to be this giant force in the culture so that um, – and not compromise. Like, not compromise. Because I see a lot of, like – we talked about that already. Just not compromise. Be about Christ and be about his kingdom and his glory and put him first. Um, but also have this thing where people can come together – and just worship and see their favorite influencers and it just explode the kingdom of God that way. That's what we want to do. 
Yeah, mm. that, that's awesome. That's awesome. It looks like we're running out of time. So can you just plug yourself as it were? Uh, where can folks find you on the online? Um, they could find you <laughs> in Hawaii if they're really looking, I guess. But if, if uh, <laughs> you're online, where can they where can they find you? Yeah, just alexjohnwilson.com. All my social media is there. Um, and then if you want to check out any of our social media churches, it's uh, Insta Church Live, TikTok Church Live, and YouTube Church Live. Sweet. No Twitter church live yet. Is that, is that a, is that not a, is that, can they do that? Can they do live streams on Twitter yet? We thought about it, but Periscope is like connected to them and it's just weird. Like we're just, yeah, we're just, I don't know. We may be in the future, but right now we're like, I've got our hands full. Twitter's not the vibe at the moment. You can live live church. (laughs) Yeah. We tried Twitch church, but I'm not a gamer. And so it just didn't work. Um, there's churches that do it and what they do is like even live church they go live uh they play some games they have the whole twitch setup and then they do their they switch to the stream of the of the actual church service so yeah i'm just not a gamer so we gave up on it i think the possibilities are endless of of where we can go i think my last question before um we, Mm -hmm. we close out with this is what are some of the 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 dangers you feel you have for the church um as we're now understanding that we have to be more than just a physical meeting every week. Mm. Um, or do you even have any, well, like, are there any apprehensions with church now going mostly online um, with people looking to make community different ways? Are there any, anything that you would warn against? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I see a lot of the dangers that do exist right now in the church being being handled better so for example like there can be this like i mean it'll 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 they'll all still exist like everyone wants to have the big church and now if it goes this way people are going to want people are going to want a lot of views on their lives um and so that's still going to exist um it may be easier for people to hide um but the true and what is going to happen is the true Christians are not going to be able to hide those whose hearts have that good soil, the soil that's like hospitable to the word of God, that's inviting to the word of God, accepting of the word of God. Those people aren't going to, they're not going to be able to, you know, just isolate themselves because they have that good soil. They know they're connected to the Lord. I think what this will do if church does uh, go largely online and uh, largely in home in small small groups and stuff like that i think um two things can happen those small groups can create even greater community where people who are the sit in the back row not really talk to people type people they're going to be forced to be in a room with you know less people and it'll get them out of their shell they'll be more comfortable yeah um, yeah and so i say those true christians are going to emerge but the people who are maybe all about their church clout and all about like who knows them and their cool sneakers and stuff like that. People who are about all that, what's going to happen to, I feel like to them is when the church goes largely online, they're not used to, there's a pastor that I saw. He's huge. I won't say his name, but he preached his first sermon online with no one in the room. And he was literally shaking. And this guy has hundreds of thousands and thousands of followers. And he's biggest, biggest pastor, like one of the biggest pastors in the world. And he was shaking because he had never really preached a Sunday sermon to the camera like this. And it's almost like 
he was so uncomfortable because you could tell he needed the validation of the thousands of people in the room. Um, And so these people who are these big ministry leaders and clout chasing Christians who are now forced to be in home and to do stuff behind closed doors and to do church that way. um, I see, I just see the thorns of Mm. life choking out um, their faith. It doesn't mean they're not deeply rooted. It doesn't mean they don't know a lot about the Bible. It just means the cares of the world and the cares of clout and the cares of cash just get so important to them that it ends up choking out their faith. So I think that is a, a big danger that I'm worried about. Um, but I mean, as a pastor who worked in a church for eight years, like for seven years, I have more time with my family. Um, I have closer friends, deeper friendships. Um, really? Because of all this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's what's really important too. Like, yeah. yeah. That, in that sense, that's brilliant then. Yeah. That that's, that that's an outcome. There's yeah. a lot of fake, there's a lot of fake friends in church, like in ministry too, Oh yeah. because they want something, you know, like they yeah. want something from you, but because <laughs> once somehow you... I'm handing out like the tickets, you know, to the kingdom train, I'm a pastor. <laughs> exactly. like, first of all, it's not true. But second, exactly. yeah, like why are you trying to fake it to make it? Yeah. I, I, right. I hear you. Exactly. I hear you. So yeah, this and, is going to take some of the fakeness out. In live streams, you can't fake a live stream. Like there's no cutting, there's no editing. I mean, you can. Those some churches do, um, right? But some churches don't. I mean, that's not the way that we do it. We just try to keep it one long shot with no cuts and just keep it real. And I think that's what people want. They just want real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely there. There is a parallel, I think, in a lot of times um, in church culture um, that can be very much almost like a hype beast, you know, who, who knows what, who's wearing what, and it, it parallels almost Hollywood or LA, I guess you could say sometimes, does, yeah. um, you know, I've, I've been to, you know, I work at a church where it's suit and tie, you know, every, every, um, um, service, but, um, I'll, I'll go down because I live in Seattle. I'll go down to yeah. Seattle. I'll go to one of the, uh, the other churches sometimes. And although we're not wearing suits and ties, I know that their, their outfit that I'm looking at, I know that costs way more than my suit and tie costs. I mean, oh, like, yeah, oh, of course. Head to toe and, you know off-white and i'm like oh my goodness that's like really expensive so yeah it's def- definitely the dangers there still exist yeah and i think it's like it's really good to feel good like i i mean i have i don't really have i'm not really into expensive because there's some board shorts that, I, that are expensive that i really like um and i think it's important to feel good like and like what you wear but yeah we're just i think we're taking it a little bit overboard and chris like if Christians can't tell a difference between like their favorite rapper and their favorite like youth pastor, like I think that's a problem. Like there's just, mm. you're supposed to be different. And I don't mean you cannot wear Nike and you can, you can wear whatever you want to wear. But like you said, you can tell the people who it's really important to them. And that's easy for me to say, cause I'm a skateboarder. So like, I don't care. Like, I put holes in everything. So it's easy for me to say, <laughs> I'm not like, right. I'm not tempted with that. But I think for guys who like are tempted with like collecting stuff like that, um, it's whatever, man. And it's same thing. Like we need Christian hype beasts too. Like we need Christian like YouTube channels of like some cool guy who just does like Jordans. He talks about Jordan. Like we need that because there's a kid out there who loves Jordans. He needs a Christian Jordan influencer. Um, but in the church, there's just no place for that, dude. Like we forget that. Like, like fashion is basically just like hype beast's version of fig leaves 
<laughs> Mercy, yeah. All right, I'm following you. <laughs> take it too but far. It, it's not like... to say there is a place though for it. We, you do need right. the the fashion designers. The, the um, I mean, I just recently listened to like an interview with um, uh, the Fear God designer, and he was just kind of explaining how his faith has led him to, you know, yeah. make this great brand. Um, and he's like, yeah, it's, he's like, I love being creative because I made in the image of God, and He's the ultimate creator. Um, and it was just like, oh man, this is just super cool. So there, there is a place yeah. for it. Um, totally. But, like you said, as preachers, maybe that's not our spot. Yeah, or just in, yeah, just in church. It's just like, it's weird. It's like, what are you trying to cover up? Like, why? Uh, just, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like when Adam took the fig leaves and covered himself, he was hiding his nakedness. And I think, like, preachers deal with imposter syndrome. They deal with personal sin, just like everyone else. But when they're, when they get, like, exploded as this really amazing person of spiritual guidance, they feel like they have to hide. So they feel yeah. like, you know, like they feel like can't they can't say, yeah, they feel like they can't say like, oh, two nights ago, I drank a little bit too much. Or, you know, I was, I was staring a little bit too long at this one scene of this movie. Like they can't, they feel like they can't say that type of stuff. And so they wear the watches, they wear the shoes, they get all dressed up and they cover it up because they're in front of thousands of people. But to me, I'm like, okay, yeah, wear what you want to wear, express yourself. But why is it, it's, it's just not, it's not practical that every mega pastor in the world all look, okay let's say like all 10 of them it's not practical that they all love jordans right it's not practical like one of you guys likes bands you know it's yeah, just, yeah. It's just, I, I know one of you likes this why aren't you wearing right? it exactly dude i don't know it just it feels like they're covering something up i don't know no i tandem. feel that too uh nick hmm. is there anything else you want to add Oh, I'm sure we could, I could keep going and going, but we don't need to keep you for forever, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. This was, you guys this fired was me up, man. I could go all night. You guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Alex, man. We appreciate the time, bro. Yeah, this, this is cool. Um, I already asked you for the, where we can find you. So we'll move that. We'll cut that and move it to the end. Um, anything else? Any closing word? We'll give you the last, the last word. You can have, you know, do, <laughs> do a 15 second sermon for us right here. In Australia, you know? <laughs> No, I mean, just, I mean, I would say post to TikTok. It's the biggest platform in the world right now. Um, post there. If you find content that you don't like, that's inappropriate, just hold down the screen and it'll pop up and ask you if you're not interested or whatever, and it'll curate the feed for you. Um, yeah, go to go and post over there and, you know, be yourself and teach people about the, the Lord and just have fun. Show your family. Like, show the world needs to see family. The world needs to see, like, you know, pure love between you and your girlfriend, you and your wife, like the, the world needs to see Christian values in any way. It doesn't have to be a sermon. Um, but yeah, post, don't be in, mm -hmm. discouraged by the algorithm. Just keep posting and something will pop off. Uh, post quality over quantity, like you, uh, TikTok likes high quality videos. Um, so if you have an iPhone, shoot in 4k. If you have a, a camera that shoots in 4k, shoot in 4k, um, good audio, subtitles always i know it's extra work but it just people watch netflix with their subtitles on they definitely want to watch tiktok with their subtitles on so true true yeah cool alex thank you so much man i'm, I'm really appreciative man thank you i love thank you guys you.
Special thanks to Peter Flores and Frankie Bones for our theme music, Angel Castillo for our online presence, Peter Flores again and Lindsay Hafner for curating our blog and blog respectively. And your hosts and producers have been Ben Amoa and me, Nick Root. See you next time.